With your Bible or a device, please join me in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Mark is a New Testament book that follows the Gospel of Matthew and comes right before the book of Luke. I will be reading Mark chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. These words will also appear on the screens. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, who is also known as Peter. So Jesus is walking, he sees Simon, he sees Peter and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. That was their job. Verse 17 says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Come follow me. This becomes a key phrase that we will think about today. Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. These are some of Jesus' first words to Peter as recorded in Scripture. The word follow in this verse here has the idea of position and it means to follow behind or to follow after. This is what Jesus is inviting Peter to do, to take up this position, to follow behind me, Peter, to follow after. What happens right before this interaction, this conversation that Jesus has with Peter in verses 9 through 15 of Mark chapter 1 is that Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. After his baptism, he is led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness for a time of fasting. While Jesus is fasting in the wilderness, he is tempted by the devil himself to throw it all away, to give it all up, and to follow Satan. Jesus resists. He does not give in to that temptation. And after that period of time of Jesus being baptized, being in the wilderness and fasting and overcoming temptation, Jesus begins his public ministry. What Jesus does next is that he begins to call would-be followers, would-be disciples to start following him, to be with him, to become like him, and to do the things that Jesus did. That was the distinct call of Jesus as he looked out at these potential followers. He was inviting them to be with him, to become like him, and to do the things that he did. Author John Mark Comer says another way to translate this is, come apprentice under me. And these are some of Jesus' first words to Peter as recorded in Scripture. Now, it is possible that they had other conversations before this. But the first words that we find in recorded Scripture from Jesus to Peter are follow. Follow after me. Follow behind me, Peter. The picture we have here is of an apprentice. 
And in a real way and in a real sense, the disciples walked after Jesus and they listened to him and they began to do what Jesus did. Now, what I think is absolutely fascinating about this is in acting this way, Peter and his brother Andrew and the other followers of Jesus who became disciples behaved very much like other disciples following rabbis and teachers in antiquity. This was a common thing for them to do, to follow after a rabbi or a teacher and to be with them, to do the things that they did and to be like them. Scholar Ray Vanderlyn said that in Jesus' day, disciples were passionately devoted to their rabbi and noted everything he did or said. Students listened and watched and imitated so as to become like him. So picture this for a moment. When Jesus looked at these potential disciples, with warmth in his eyes and with passion in his voice for what he was calling them to do and be. It was a grand call to move with Jesus and become like him. The first recorded words that Jesus gave to Peter in scripture is follow me, follow me. That's what we find in Mark chapter 1. We find the last words that Jesus spoke to Peter in John chapter 21. So please join me in John's gospel, chapter 21. While you are finding that, let me just share that in John chapter 19, what happens before we have the final words recorded in scripture from Jesus to Peter is that in chapter 19, Jesus is killed. He's crucified. In John chapter 20, Jesus comes back to life. He is resurrected again, and he begins to appear to other followers of the way so that they would know he was truly alive. They could see him and touch him and know that it was true. Jesus is back. He is no longer dead. He is alive. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, and she was the first person to declare, to preach the good news that Jesus is alive. I have seen him. It is true. He is living. She was the first herald of this great and life-changing and world-changing message. Jesus also appeared to a group of disciples who were meeting in a locked room for fear of their lives. And Jesus appeared to them and said, here I am, I really am alive. Jesus appeared to Thomas, a disciple who doubted and said, unless I can actually see him and touch the wounds, then I won't believe. And Jesus did not dismiss that doubt or that declaration. He met Thomas in that doubt and allowed him to touch his wounds so that Thomas could believe and recognize that Jesus really is alive. Then we get to chapter 21, and Jesus appears to a group of disciples, again, including Peter. What we find is that Jesus actually makes breakfast for them on the shore because they were fishing. 
So he prepares a meal for them. And then after the meal, Jesus gets alone with Peter. They have a private conversation where Jesus says this in John chapter 21, verse 19. Then Jesus told him, will you say the next two words with me? Follow me. After the breakfast, after the dramatic events of Jesus being arrested and killed and Peter being the one who denied even knowing Jesus three times, and Jesus comes back and he's proving that he really is alive and he prepares this meal and then he gets alone with Peter and he restores him in a beautiful way and simply says, Peter, here's what I want for you. I want you to follow me. The word follow here in the construction of the sentence in John chapter 21 means to accompany as a follower And it has the true picture of being a disciple, one who comes along after or beside to follow a rabbi or a teacher. Jesus was saying to Peter, move with me. I know what's happened. And I know all about your failure and your denial, but I'm inviting you once again, Peter, get back into the game and follow me, move with me, accompany me. Think about this. Some of the first words that Jesus gave to Peter as recorded in scripture, follow me, Peter, follow me. That's what I want for you. And some of the last words that we find given to Peter as recorded in scripture by Jesus are the words, follow me. Jesus didn't exactly use this phrase, but I think stepping forward. Peter, here's what I desire for you. Here's what I want with everything inside of me as your rabbi, as your teacher. I want you to step forward with me. It captures this call from Jesus to accompany me because we know that Jesus goes on to say to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Move. Accompany me this way. Step forward. Scholar Dietrich Bonhoeffer writing on these passages about Jesus inviting others to follow him says, and what does the text inform us about the content of discipleship? Follow me, run along beside me. That is all, that is all. And this is the call from Jesus. Some of the first words to Peter and some of the last words, run along beside me, move, accompany me this way. Let's step forward together. This picture of walking or stepping with God is something that is pervasive throughout the corpus of Scripture. If you just begin reading over and over and over again, we find this invitation to walk with God, to step with Him. The essence of the 23rd Psalm, a beloved set of verses that most people, not even connected to faith or to a church, know some of these words. 
And they help us to know that even when I walk through the darkest valley, another version says it this way, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there, God is with me. And in these moments of dark shadows and in the valley of the shadow of death, I can step with God because he is close. Church, we don't want to sit still and become spiritually lazy because of our inactivity or our lack of accompanying God and apprenticing with Jesus and stepping forward with him. Church, we don't want to sit still and become lethargic, recalling the stories of God's presence and provision in the past. Like God did a great thing yesterday, yet refusing to follow him and take risks into the future, knowing that God is close beside us and he's holding our hands. We believe God is calling us as a people and God is calling us as a community of faith to follow him and in following him, we are stepping forward together with him toward God. That's the call that I think God is extending to us today. Here's our big idea and we'll kind of frame the rest of our conversation around this. God is calling us, Valley Point Church, to follow him. And in following, we are stepping forward with him. And I really believe this is what God is calling us at this time and in our day to do, to step forward with him. We begin a campaign today called Stepping Forward, That phrase captures our one-year goal as a church. We want to step forward with God, and that's going to mean different things for different people, but we don't want to remain inactive. We truly want to step forward with God. That is our one-year goal. It's also our rallying cry because our passion, our hope is not to sit still, but to move with God, to move with him. If you've been here at Valley Point for a few months, you have probably heard us talk about the Stepping Forward campaign. Hopefully, you've had the opportunity to pick up our FAQs and to gain some perspective and insight as to why we feel it is time now to step forward. Many of you participated in a survey that we took last summer that was so helpful in refining ideas and also clarifying the why. Some of you are very new to Valley Point. Maybe you're brand new, or maybe this is even your very first Sunday, and you are completely unaware of thoughts and plans for the future. That's okay. Welcome. I'm really glad that you're here. Some of you are perhaps feeling excited about future plans and it's time to do something for and with God and as a church for the communities around us. Yeah, we don't want to sit still. We want to go with God and apprentice with him and step forward with him and you're feeling excited about all of this. Some of you may be feeling a bit worried. Like, is this really the time? 
And is this really the right thing to do as we consider where we are? And perhaps you feel a little nervous or a little worried. Maybe some of you feel a bit indifferent, like, yeah, whatever. It's going to happen and we're here and so be it. And perhaps you feel a bit indifferent about it. Some of you may feel like, oh, here comes another thing, another ask from the church. I just want to acknowledge all of these feelings as real. And however you may be feeling about a campaign or about stepping forward and what this means for us as a church and what it means for us as participants here in this faith community, however you are feeling, it is okay. I will add this to the mix, though. However you are feeling today, I invite us as a church family to dream spiritual dreams again, to dream big dreams and to risk a little because God is still with us and God is still at work here at Valley Point Church in our lives. So let's dream spiritual dreams again because God is here. God is here and he invites us to accompany him much like Peter and Andrew and the other followers. Jesus looks at us with warmth in his eyes and passion in his voice and he calls us to apprentice with him to do the kinds of things that Jesus would do And I think we have an amazing opportunity to do just that. So question, how did we get here? How did we get to stepping forward and this presentation over the next several weeks? Well, about a year and a half ago, I just began to pray fervently to God. God, what do you want for our church? And, you know, we're meeting on Sundays and we're worshiping and singing and opening up the word of God and inviting that to shape and form us. We're praying. We're practicing spiritual disciplines so that we can be fully formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. We're doing things for kids as best as we can. We're doing things for our middle and high school students and we have groups and We have our love days where we go out into our communities and just selflessly serve without expecting anything in return. We're doing all of these things and we will continue to do them. But God, what else is there for us as a church? And I began to be burdened about this. And so for several months, I just prayed daily, God, what do you want for our faith community? And after several months of praying that way and just pleading with God, help us to see your glory and help us to know what is best and what we should be doing as a church. I had a sense of direction from God and I will say there was no voice from heaven that said, do this or move over here or attempt this. There was no voice from God, but there was a very clear sense of take what you have as a church And we have some things. We have people. That's what makes up the church. We have a place. We have buildings and structures that God has been helping to use to help others look up and see Jesus. 
And we also have property, including a little over four acres that we really haven't used that much. We haven't been able to develop yet. And so I just felt this burden, this impression from God, take what you have, your buildings and your property, and continue to use them to be a life-saving station for the communities around you. So I said, okay, I think that makes sense. But what does that exactly look like? And so I began to pray a little bit more. God, be specific and help me to have a vision of what could be with our buildings and with our property. And so I began to write and dream and pray and write and dream and pray some more and then write and dream and pray some more. And out of that came a vision of what I believe God wants for us. And I shared that with our staff team and had them provide feedback and shape it a little bit. I shared that with our elder team, our board of trustees, and they provided feedback and began to shape that a little bit more. And together, as a staff team, as an elder team, we began to pray about these possibilities. In the meantime, we considered what was happening in our immediate community. Some of you are aware of this, some of you may not be, but the Garnet Valley School District in conjunction with Concord Township, is working on some developments in our area. Specifically, the school district is bringing changes to two of our surrounding borders. And they openly shared that with us so that we would be aware of some of the things that they were doing so we would just know. And we're so thankful for the good relationship we have with them and the township. And there's open sharing of ideas and concepts together. So we took the stream of development in our community that is coming to us and we thought about our property and our buildings. How can we be part of what is naturally happening around us? And then we presented a survey last summer. So many of you provided great input. We took that feedback and we tweaked a few things. There was a lot more praying over this and more listening to our church and what was happening in our community as well. We brought in Oxano, a consulting firm that we used when we built this structure, and we walked through that campaign, and they began to help us with some ideas and some thoughts. All of that brought us to the dream of stepping forward to use what God has given to us, our buildings and our property, to continue being a life-saving station. Our time of carefully sharing all of this with the church body begins today and will conclude on Sunday, March the 10th. We want everyone in our church who's been here for a really long time or has only been here for a few hours, we want everybody who is here to be aware of where we are going and how we plan to get there and how we can be part of this together, stepping forward, apprenticing with Jesus, and following him with what he wants for us as a faith community. I have a couple of takeaways for us as we consider this. Number one, would you just join me and let's pray that our church will see the glory of God as we respond to him. And I 
can honestly say, this is my greatest hope. And we'll talk about specifics and what does the plan mean. And there are three areas that we're going to focus on as we step forward with and toward God and think about the stream of development in our community. But honestly, my hope, my greatest hope is that in this, we would just see the glory of God like never before. And imagine what could happen to us as a community of faith as we just humble ourselves before God and we pray and we ask God, what do you want for us in this process? What would happen if we actually saw the glory of God? (laughs) I think it would be incredible and amazing and a story we would never forget. So let's pursue that. Join me in praying as we step forward that it's less about stuff and more about seeing the glory of God on display right here. What a day that will be. One more takeaway, and that is let's go on a spiritual journey together. This is for all of us. Stepping forward. I believe many of you will choose to participate and engage, and that is great. I'm excited about that. Some of you may be a bit skeptical and say, I'm not so sure. And that's okay. We want to respect that and give you space and time to think and wrestle with those feelings. Some of you may say, I'm out. There's no way I can engage with that. I don't want to, or it's not a good time. I want you to know that is okay. And there is a space for you, and there is a chair for you, and this is your church. However you may be feeling, though, I want to encourage you just to open your heart and your mind to what God wants, and let's go on a spiritual journey together, and you do whatever you sense God wants for you. We want everyone here just to go on that spiritual journey, and that's going to mean different things for different people, right? But we want everyone to consider going on the spiritual journey as we have the chance together to step forward with and toward God.